0: Striving for mediocrity in a world of excellence. This is the Chaser Report.
1: Welcome to another summer series of the Chaser Report. Looking back on some of the old television days, and Chaz is here once again. Chaz, filming in America is our subject today.
2: It is indeed. It's a great it's a place that I'm a little bit obsessed with, and partly because of the great times I had spent talking to the Secret Service, <laughs> which we're about to cover.
1: That's in a moment. That's BlueNile.com.
0: The Chaser Report. Less news, more often.
1: Was this your first trip to America to film or was that your honeymoon? When when was your first time there?
2: my my, My honeymoon was my first trip to America and then this was my second trip to America.
0: I remember your honeymoon because you came back and you said, Oh, I went to all the best restaurants in New York. I went to Arby's, I went to White Castle... I went to Burger King. Yeah. You can't believe Burger King, Charles. It's, it's so good. It's very different in America. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very high I, class. What did Jocelyn think? Like, what was going through your mind? Well, yeah. I was
2: most patient woman. You know, Charles, you've actually missed the essential element of this story. And um, I don't know why I'm telling it to you <laughs> because then you'll remember it. Mm. But the essential element of the story is while I was going to all these fine restaurants, and let me emphasize, I was going to a lot of them every day. I basically was wake up in the morning. Like at like 5am because I had so sort of jet lag, So I'd wake up at 5am, I'd hit the gym for two hours, mm. just try to work off all I'd eaten the day before. And then I'd spend the entire day walking around Manhattan, going from fast food place to fast food <laughs> place. I'd eat seriously like eight or nine burgers a day and the rest. And you know, the ice creams and the chips and all the rest of it. That, the, the essential detail you've missed out is that my wife had food poisoning during that entire period. And this was our honeymoon. So our honeymoon, my wife spent in bed while her husband was out eating fast food.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Is that how – I remember the other thing you (laughs) told me when you came back, which is that your favourite thing to do on a romantic trip with your new wife to America was to walk at high speed through pedestrians. Yeah. Um. very aggressively because well, you'd, you'd never met a place that met met your level of pedestrian aggression yeah. until you got to NYC. I was
2: expecting New York to be, yeah, for them to be faster walkers when they were, than they were, but they were disappointments.
0: Oh, so. No, no, I can <laughs> tell you, no, because I lived in New York yeah. and you pick up speed once you live in New York um, and then if you go into Manhattan, especially around yeah. Midtown, you know, you notice the slowdown uh, amongst the tourists and you just get angry. Like yeah. that's the whole...
2: That might be it. Yeah, well, I was angry. I all right. If okay. you would
0: stayed to the outer boroughs, yeah. you would have uh, you would have been fine. Oh,
2: okay. Well, I yeah. did not know that. I did not realize. Next time, next time, when my wife, when I have a honeymoon, my wife has food poisoning. I will do exactly. Yeah. That.
0: Unfortunately, <laughs> in the outer boroughs, there's really interesting restaurants. So oh, you probably no. don't want to. I'll just walk to s-
2: Manhattan. Can yeah. I just say, as always, when I talk about my wife uh, and I talk about her, our early days together, mm. I always end with the same line. She knew what she was getting into. She can't (laughs) complain now. So that was trip
1: one to America. (laughs) Vaguely menacing. (laughs) Yeah, the the place you've been obsessed with your entire life. That was time one. Time two was making television and the theory was for the third series of War and Everything, we were going to go global, we we're going to take the stunts yes. you know, on the road and set new boundaries and do all that well, this kind of stuff. It, let, it ended up disastrously, but the yeah. great stuff was filmed.
2: Let's be honest about this because because it is actually important in the context of the stories. Let's be honest about this. It wasn't that we just thought to ourselves, oh, this will be nice. This, at the end of 20, 2007, we had had enough. Like, as a group, we had had enough of the War and Everything. It was constant hype. It was, we were in the press all the time. We, we knew that we were about to get smashed because it was only a matter of time. And we were right about that. Increasingly, there were mobile phone cameras everywhere. Mm. We were finding it impossible to film in Australia because we we're getting recognized all the time. That was the biggest
1: time. problem, wasn't it? Did it? Everyone was
2: like, oh, you guys. Totally. And we found we just have to keep on escalating things further and further in Australia because we're getting recognized so often. And we were just getting hurt or arrested or whatever. It was just, it was just a bad, bad scenario to be in. We're in a hiding to nothing. And so we thought, we took a year off to do a different show and we couldn't come up with a show we all wanted to make because we're all so different from each other. Our strength was our weakness. And so in the end we said, you know what? Either we just need to just call it quits or just make another series of War on Everything. And we said, okay, we'll do that. But how can we make it? How can we extend it in some capacity? We said, Well, why don't we use the budget that the ABC was going to give us to, come, to get us to come back and get and get it to get them to spend it on plane tickets and film around the world. That's an extension. And then you can do crazy stuff in America. We can go as crazy as possible, way crazier than you can go in Australia. And so that's the idea. So we're going to America to do crazy stuff. Yeah, it's exactly, exactly that you can reason. get
1: recognized. And Charles's yeah. clips um, also back from back in the day it also done very well, by the way. Absolutely,
2: stuff, as Jules did too, so there you go. And, and look, it is – and Charles, you, 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 I'm sure you would be able to add something to this because you were filming in America for a long time. Mm. It's a very different place to film in a, in a lot of
0: ways. And and in some very good ways. Yeah, absolutely, well. like absolutely. A lot of liberty. Yes. So people know that you're allowed to speak and things yep. like that, which cops here don't necessarily know. <laughs>
2: that's you know. right, that's right. I'll tell you another way, which I discovered mm. firsthand. I don't have a clip for this, but the there was a, a – Psychologist? Oh no, no, I shouldn't call him a psychologist. That suggests he has a qualification. Mm. It was a it was a hypnotist charlatan who had this um had this series of tapes that I wanted to do a, a hit piece on, essentially. And he lived in Savannah, Georgia. And so I thought, why don't I go to Savannah, Georgia before going to America, and I can actually use his techniques on him, on him to try and hit on him. And I won't go into all the details, but essentially. He he had these ridiculous techniques involving licking your lips to be sexy. Oh, this is the S- the game that pickup artist. And uh, this all guy that. called Steve G Jones. His name was yeah yeah yeah. And the and uh, yeah, you lick your lips and you you say you emphasise words that you want to you want to subliminally suggest. So for instance, you might say, "I had a succulent my lanta my lanta last night uh, when I had spatchcock." For instance, yeah. and then he
0: immediately wants to suck your cock. Exactly, yeah. exactly. That, 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 that's the well, idea to suck my cock. <laughs> I suppose you didn't suck my cock just right then, yeah. Charles.
2: Anyway, so how I'm,
1: are you
0: single for so long?
2: <laughs> so I was doing that kind of stuff to this guy while licking my lips like a maniac. And mm. Basically, we set up with this guy that we we're going to have an interview, not me, someone else, and oh. and I intercepted him on the way to his legitimate interview. Right acting like a crazy person, mm. doing his techniques to him in this shadowy park, mm. licking my lips, telling him to suck my cock, mm. like demanding him to, basically sexually harassing him, demanding that they have sex with me right there and there with all these weird techniques. In America, they expect crazy people. Not in Australia they don't, but in America, mm. he not only just rolled with it mm. and didn't think that was strange at all, mm. he then kept on going to the interview as if he didn't think, he didn't connect thinking this might have been a setup that this person with cameras acting like a weirdo might be tied into the interview that I'm going to. Mm. He just kept on going. Because in America, everyone expects crazy yeah. people to come up with you cameras. Yeah.
0: With multi-camera shoots? Yes, yeah, yeah. yes, they that expect so it, yeah. which is wonderful. Yeah, yeah. It's what, And
2: they don't think it's a TV show necessarily. They just think you're just a random crazy, mm. which is beautiful because mm. then they get angry and they mm. roll with it and you get TV. And
0: it is actually true also that, that – that everyone is a TV star in America. Mm. You can just go up to anyone on the street and they'll give you this articulate soundbite that w- cuts perfectly and absolutely. has a beginning and an end. Yeah, yeah
2: absolutely. So. And and everyone wants to talk as well. In Australia, mm. when you approach people on the street, they try and get away
1: from you. In America, yeah. they want to talk to you. Because they've all yeah. done, like, public speaking in high school and all that, and let's go on, yeah. And
2: also they're friendly. Like, Americans generally are friendlier than Australians so,
0: are. So did you end up cracking on to this guy? Like, I, I, I want to know the end. I I,
2: I literally, I... I, I, I I waylaid him on the way mm. in in a, in a park yeah. on the way to, to the supposed location of this interview that yeah. he was going to, and I dropped all his techniques on him, and he he was very very pleasant, but he didn't suck my cock. No, yeah. No. So did you get a piece? I got I got pieces on it's I, I would have played it except for it makes no sense <laughs> unless <laughs> you have the unless you have the full setup yeah. and it's all I, visual as I well. I can't even remember that. Anyway. If you look up Steve G Jones on YouTube with Chaser, you'll probably find it. Um. Yeah. Anyway, the uh, it was a is an interesting. It was, it was a segment called "Nut Job of the Week," uh, rightly so. Anyway, that's the that's the positive side, which is described. But there's right. also negative sides, Charles, yes. as well. Like for instance, in Australia, if you want to get a famous person or a business person, you can just wait outside their house, and they'll walk out at some point in time, probably at about seven a.m. or eight a.m., and then you get them. Mm. We discovered that over and over and over again in America. They live in a village. They have their own village. They have they have this huge fence and an intercom, and the only time they come out is when they're in a, a convoy of mm. Range Rovers. Yes. <laughs> and you never get anywhere near them. They never do events that you can get anywhere near. You can't get into buildings, in corporate buildings. No chance of getting inside to to, to do stunts like we did in Australia. Mm. So that was, the, that was the downside of filming in America. But uh, I want to... I want to just play a few clips to, to show you some of the other elements, which are which are interesting. I mean, some of them are predictable, but you don't realise how much. The first one, this is a great one, is that Americans are very gullible. Very, very gullible. So, for instance, I had a stunt where, and in the Rimean, which Dom was in, I'm sure you will remember this, Dom, or maybe you won't, everyone said, it's not going to work. I said, I've got this idea, and they said, it's not going to work. The idea was that there was an... There was an elephant that lost a lot of weight in the zoo. It lost hundreds of kilos of, of weight in the zoo by eating hay. And so I was going to propose a new wonder diet to Americans called the Dumbo diet, where what they eat is hay sandwiches. <laughs> I remember
1: the Hay day. bolognese. It just sounded so stupid.
2: A hay sports drink, which was just a lump of oh, – by the way, these were just really grass in sandwiches, grass in sauce, mm. and grass in water. There was, it was the sports drink. But then this was the, the coup de gras. The elephant the used a u- coup de gras, yes. yeah. Yes. The elephant used a, a a feeding apparatus, a special feeding apparatus to to eat its food, which was a giant trunk. And so he got them to put on this giant trunk and to try and heave as hard as they can into the glass to 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 drink in the sports water, the sports hay water. Right. And oh yeah, and the people the Chase said no one's gonna use that trunk. No yeah. one's used and let me tell you <laughs> The first 12 people I approached oh. all went all the way and took it completely seriously. That's never happened in my life. Yeah. Normally with these gullible test stunts in Australia, mm. I, to get 12 people to for the edit, I will usually do it for two days. I'll mm. talk to fifty people, maybe maybe eighty people. Mm. America, literally, the first twelve people. We were done by ten a.m. for sure. It was supposed to be a full day shoot. We we're done by ten. It was in Dallas, in case you're interested. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, and and all twelve of them were heaving through that trunk. I, I've got a little bit of a clip of when they were drinking the, the water. If you just play that, sorry about that. Tastes like water with hay. Doesn't taste good. Oh my God.
1: What do you think? I'm going to be honest. It looked a little frightening.
2: Why is that, man? Well,
1: because
2: it looked like sludge. That was, that was great. You. you want to lose a lot of weight? That's enough. That's enough. Literally, all of them were saying, "This is great. This, this tastes uh, wonderful." I'll go on, the on Dumbo TV. Diet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and I, and I, and I was literally, I, I would have played this. You, you should actually go online and look at the Dumbo Dot on YouTube to see. Unfortunately, there was, they didn't speak. They nodded, so I couldn't play it. But there were guys. Literally, there were four or five people who when I said can you see yourself using this feeding apparatus every meal for the rest of your life? <laughs> They'd nod. <laughs> and I was trying so hard to not laugh. It was so hard to stop from laughing.
0: They're so polite. They're so they're polite. And yeah.
2: yeah, it is gullible slash polite. That's true. It, but they give you so much.
0: Yeah. And you, America's it, wonderful It's like also that. their one chance at start. Don't you think <laughs> that they, you know, like part of yeah. it is – they're on TV, they want to do right by your product. You that's,
2: that, that's, that, that's probably part of it. Yeah. But I'm willing to take advantage of that. Yeah. <laughs> Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
0: The Chaser Report. News you can't trust.
2: God bless America. Every stunt I did, every gullible stunt I did, was like that.
1: Well, this is that. I mean, all those tonight shows, like the jaywalking segment on the Tonight Show, like it's just an endless supply. It's
2: extraordinary. Yeah. Now
1: that's the the positive. The negative,
2: and I don't know if you've had got stories about this, Charles, Mm. but the the sense of violence is palpable, especially in cities like New York, Chicago, places like that. The Mm. sense of violence, and what I mean by that is, I'll give you an example. We had the simplest simplest idea it was so innocuous so harmless it was that there were so many there were 160 starbucks outlets in manhattan they have so many starbucks outlets they're opening starbucks outlets inside starbucks outlets so i'd show up with a little booth with starbucks of it and, and, a, and a, a, a little coffee maker and stuff inside the starbucks and here's what here this was some of the interactions i had Is yeah. You are not allowed to come into my store. Are you even permitted to do this by Starbucks? Oh, Starbucks are very happy. They want us to be wherever we can. Yes. They gonna send another guy there and another guy there in a couple of hours. Like, there's, what, 10 square meters here? We could fit four or five more stores in easily. That's
1: right, I don't understand what you're doing, but you can't do this here. What's your partner number?
2: Um, 007? Yeah. <laughs> it's like a secret. I'm a secret agent.
0: Coffee seller. Do you want a drink while you want?
2: <laughs> yeah, it was, it was actually a really fun stunt, but the, a team where it became not fun. Oh, when one of them just shut the door, mm. locked the door, Ooh. and called the police. And I said, I said "We're just a comedy show. We, we can go." I said, "No, you can't go. We've called the police." We tried to talk our way out of it, and they they wouldn't let us go. Then the police came, and this is what I'm talking about. The police come in. They come in with their, their guns drawn. Mm. All right. Bear in mind what we're doing here. I don't know what was called through to them. But what we were doing was just here, just try to sell coffee,
1: right? Yeah, you're in like a Starbucks uniform, you've got like an urn and yeah. there are people filming you yeah. with, with cameras. Yeah. yeah.
2: Police burst in with their guns drawn, pointed at us, screaming, down, get down, get down! And like, and like so we'll, we'll go down, so face down on the ground. Then they start, then, then they put my, one of them puts their foot on my neck while mm-hmm. I'm on the ground with their gun pointed at my head. While they scream, Do you have ID!" and the uh, I was like, "Show us your ID!" I like, "I don't have any ID. I'm I'm filming a sketch." Yeah. "Show us your ID!" and like just screaming over and over again, "Show us your ID!" Uh, I keep on going. Look, uh, look, the the crew is just across the road. Look at the cameras there. The, we need to go back to my hotel to get my wallet, like for, if you want ID. And they just and they just kept on screaming with their with their guns pointed at my head. It took uh, uh, probably about five minutes to sort out, and they were okay. And then then they realized the TV show. Let's go. But they spent that whole five minutes with their guns pointed at our heads, like screaming really, really scarily for that stunt. And wherever we went, whenever we did something like that, there was that vibe. Yes. Of if it goes yes. wrong, watch out. Because yes. <laughs> things well, go really, really wrong when and they go wrong and in America. And
1: presumably this is because there's a genuine chance that anyone that they come across like mm-hmm. that is going to be heavily armed
0: and stupid and shoot them.
2: Totally. Totally. And so, like, I'm not saying that they'll be uh, irrational. Yeah, I'm I'm not defending
0: the cops. I'm I'm just saying fucking hell. I'm just saying it's scary. I once got pulled out. (laughs) We did a thing. We are trying to do a stunt against Jerry Fall. Do you remember? Yeah, Jerry Fall, yeah. At Liberty University. And he had this, uh, you know, 8 a.m. Sunday prayers show, which had 11 million people tuned in live. And... He'd said something about how intolerance was the best virtue in Christianity. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sounds and, like Jerry Fowler. And it was against homosexuality. And so so I got up in the middle of the sermon, you know, with the cameras rolling and went, um, I'm with you, I believe in intolerance, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I love your intolerance. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm so intolerant, I'm intolerant of your intolerance. <laughs> you know, so, uh, Something fairly lame. Anyway, point is, got... Um, Dragged out, and the guy who dragged me out, who's the he- their head of security, was also the chief of police for the local town, and they and it was with Brad Howard, yeah, the camera guy, one of our directors, yeah, on in the chaser. And this is one of those things where you, one of your golden rules is never hand over the footage. Yes, and he said, "Okay, give us the footage," uh, to which I said, "No." Yes, and and because we had a secret other camera person, um who was actually Borat's old camera oh, guy. Wow. He was an yeah. ex-BBC guy. Yeah. And um, and they'd, but they'd managed to find him as well. So they mm-hmm. got us all bailed up and they said, if you don't give us the footage, he said, put it this way, like either I can take you to the hospital, you know, in a, in a few minutes' time I'll have to take you to the hospital or you can give him the footage. <laughs> what is it going to be? Wow. And he was like, I'm going to be I'm gonna be really polite and civil about this, <laughs> but do you want to go to the hospital today? Well,
1: I mean, Charles, they did <laughs> say that intolerance was a virtue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Wow,
0: that's a great story. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. Great. Oh, One loved. of the great yeah. pieces of shit <laughs> in the United States of <laughs> yeah. America, Jerry Four.
2: Okay, well, look, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I'm glad that... That's the sort of... Yeah, yeah. The, yeah that's the
0: vibe you get. That is. That I mean, is the I, vibe I have uh, so many times... Been told by the police, well, if you don't go across state borders or just left town knowing we've got to cross straight borders before they catch up to us. I have
2: I have a story right, along okay. those lines next, which is which is that this is actually directly after that New York stunt, the Starbucks one. So I was shaken up already. Yes. About about the police at this point in time. Um and so we then we then went to Washington, DC. That was our next location. And Man, I was not looking forward to this stunt because I was I was genuinely scared. I'll be honest, I was genuinely scared after that police incident with what I was about to do, which was what I was about to do was to walk around Washington, D.C., dress as Osama Bin Laden, trying to case the place for terrorism
1: essentially. So I think this is one of the ideas <laughs> that I had and thought it would be amusing in concept, but <laughs> I got to stay in Australia while the people had to make yeah. it.
2: Yeah. Essentially the stunt was meant to be testing whether they're ready for the next terrorist attack, right? Mm. So, I had to be oh, I had God, to be as change. obvious as I possibly could around public landmarks mm. that I wanted to bomb them. That Not was that that was what I had to do. And I had to try and approach people who should be prepared. So, authority figures, police, uh, you know, like mm. Yeah, like you know, employees, tour guides, the people who should be alert to terror, and I had to, I, I had to be as obvious as I possibly could be. That's a joke, mm. as obvious as I could be that I had nefarious intentions. That was the joke, okay? And I was very, very scared, not the least of which because I don't have a convincing Middle Eastern accent. And Osama never talked in the Apex stunt for that reason. (laughs) 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 And so so, I was thinking to myself, man, not only – I mean, either I'm going to get killed or I'm going to get hauled up by by people who feel that I'm being insensitive to to Arabic people here with my – Horrible accent. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, I was damned if I did that. But anyway, so I, I went all the way, and there were times when, man, I just had out of body experiences about what I was doing because so I knew it was so, so dangerous. And because I like, I'll give you an example of one of the examples, I'll just play it right here. Do you know if there are lots of guards here? Huh? Are there a lot of guards here? Yeah. Do you know when they take their lunch breaks? No. no. Oh, okay. Just hungry. Just wondering. Thank you, sir.
1: He's writing in a notebook.
2: Why would you ask that? Oh, just just curious. I like I'm a security enthusiast. there was that guy there was like, <laughs> like was like park authority, right? That so, was at yeah. the Lincoln Memorial, by yeah, the Lincoln way. Just Memorial, for yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. And like, and then I was outside the White House. I was saying I was saying to people, um, uh, "Yeah, would, uh, like can I can I go to the toilet?" And, and they said, yeah, just down there. I said, can I go to the tour in the White House? Yeah, like and, and, and when do the security guards knock off and all this kind of stuff? And I was doing it directly outside the White House. Yeah. And people are asking me where I came from. If you watch a stunt, it's, on, it's online. If you, if people you're asking me where I came from, I said, oh, I'm from Smithsville. Mm. And, and uh, wh- where's that? Smithington. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like, like I was just being as dodgy as I could to try to <laughs> be funny. But the whole time I was thinking, oh, please don't shoot me. Please don't shoot me. Anyway, mm. so when I'm outside the White House, I speak to a gardener or something and I say, and I say this kind of stuff. And then the gardener turns out to be a Secret Service.
0: Yes, person. Yeah, I was, I yes. said yes, right. <laughs>
2: yes. <Hang on. laughs> yeah. So, um, so then I, I they sit me down out, out in the gutter outside the White House. And then there are so many police. There are so many police. Mm. There are like 20 police. Mm. And, and it is very, very scary. Right. And they, it, it, it seems like it's okay for a while because, mm. because, while it starts off scary, they asked me... Remember, I've told you this a few times during these podcasts. The higher up they are, the more competent they are. Mm, yes. And so they, they, they ascertained I was from TV very, very quickly, right? Mm. And then they, they looked up on YouTube, the, the, the TV show, yeah. and uh, it's like straight away they looked up on YouTube and then they looked and As soon as they realised that I was actually from the TV, they relaxed, everyone relaxed. There was lots of laughs, lots of back-slapping. Um, uh, and then they really friendly along the lines of what you were just saying really friendly said so have you got your piece yet and i said yeah yeah i think we're pretty much got our piece. we're we're going to be we're going to be heading out of town but tomorrow anyway so oh that's great that's great Hanging out of town tomorrow is an excellent idea we heartily suggest you head out of town tomorrow mm-hmm. thank you very much have a great day yeah, and they're really yeah. friendly about it. really friendly and yeah, that's great so we so we, we head on we head on back to the hotel and we look at the footage and we're going I could do with a bit more um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but I wasn't lying We were planning to head out of town But yeah, that was at lunchtime And we had the whole morning So we said, yeah Why don't we just film it Just a couple of things Just a couple of things Before we oh. head out
0: of town yes.
2: so, so, so we head back into Washington, no. Washington And we, and we <laughs> start filming And well, I say we start filming We're about to start
0: filming Yes
2: We get out of the car And there is a guy About probably 20 metres away Just standing there just looking at us when we get out with his finger on his ear, like he's talking in an earpiece. Mm. I don't know if they actually even have an earpiece, but it was so obvious that he was signaling to us,
0: mm. you know who I am. Uh-uh. I'm watching you. Mm.
2: And so then we got back in the car. We said, that's fine. We'll just drive somewhere else. We drove. We drove for an hour in, in a completely different direction. We got out. As soon as we get out, there's a guy standing 20 meters away. Wow. Walking. We got back in, drove another drove another, another about half an hour this time because we were running out of time. We get mm. out. Another guy standing 20 metres out. I don't know how they got there so fast. They are always there directly where we parked. There was traffic all over the place. Mm. I don't know how they did this. But well, it's, <laughs> it's
0: actually – no, I can tell you exactly how mm. they do it, which is there's a place just out of D.C. called mm. The Farm. Mm. That's where they train all the CIA recruits. And a whole part of the training is to – to basically monitor DC, that's how yeah. you get up your tailing training. Wow. Yeah, and I,
1: I expect cameras, but, but I mean, it is sort of reassuring, isn't it? Because you would think that without that level of skill, like mm. every president would be killed in America. Absolutely, mm. and again, sh- probably by chance.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I should emphasise that the that it was so well done because the menace yes. was real. Yes, but they were so friendly, and yes. they didn't say anything. There was yes. no there was, there was no evidence of anything. Yeah, <laughs> it just it was so well done. But just man, when they want you to get out of town you got to get out of town. Yes. Uh, the, I'm telling you, the threat is palpable in America. So that's the downside of filming in America. You can go really far, but when you stop being, being able to go far, you really need to stop.
1: <laughs> <laughs> one of the most interesting moments in the history of The Chaser and the war and everything in particular was that there was one point, and it seems very strange to remember it now, but there was a point in time where The Chaser was offered an American TV series to do the war overseas, mm-hmm. Um, and we eventually kind of thought it wouldn't work. And part of the, one of the reasons was that they wanted us to do six series and we just thought there's no way that's possible. But hearing these stories makes me think that turning that down was a brilliant idea. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it would all have been shot within a week. I have no regrets. Or just but chairs. <laughs> 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 yes. I
2: have no regrets turning that show down. <laughs>
1: yes. Thank you very much, Chaz. It's been a delight. It's a pleasure. Back tomorrow with another one in our summer series of looking back at the Chasers TV shows. Our gears from Road Microphones, Friends are part of the ACAST Creator Network,